0: So um, uh, we've gotten to know Gary over the last few months. Uh, uh, Courtney Sider has known Gary for a really long time, uh, back from uh, University of Georgia days. Um, Gary has become a good friend, and uh, he uh, came down this weekend. Uh, We spent uh, the session, he met with the session all weekend, and he led us uh, in a uh, storytelling time. We we all took our uh, time to uh, tell our stories, to ask questions and uh, I, th- I would say today our session members know each other better uh, than ever and uh, hearing stories and uh, uh, a couple deacons were there as well and uh, so we're much more engaged with one another uh, thanks to Gary's organization and leading and the questions were great and it was, a, it was a busy time but it was very healthy uh, for our leadership team so uh, He's a wonderful pastor. He's planted churches. Uh, He uh, has led churches. He has uh, been doing RUF more recently. He has a a, really a career-long vocation of leading students uh, and and working in Campus Crusade and RUF. Uh, And what I've asked him to do today is just come up and and tell us about himself and maybe some thoughts about what he'd like to do uh, here at North Cross. Um, I think you'll enjoy hearing him. And what we'll do is he'll take... uh, 10 or 15 minutes or so, and then uh, he's got to get ready to, uh, with Ben in the back, to uh, to um, uh, get ready to uh, preach and, and organize our, help uh, take part in our service and the uh, Lord's Supper and, and those things. So, um, with that, I would uh, invite Gary to come on up, and uh, we look forward, Gary, to hearing anything you want to talk about. Okay.
1: I thought I'd start with the dogs, maybe. That's what, no, no we won't go there. I'll, I'll, I'll be up there for the sermon, but I do here, I know I'm short, but I think you can still see me. Uh, I'll start off just kind of personal story a little bit, the high points, and, uh, and then talk a little bit about my ministry uh, years, what experience, and then, um, she's so cute. Um, and then talk a little bit about the things that I am gifted to do and, and really passionate about doing. So I grew up primarily in Texas, except for a couple of years in Nashville, Tennessee. and uh, grew up in a family that uh, both my parents met at Baylor University, and they went there because it was a Southern Baptist school. Um, my dad is originally from Georgia. My mom is originally from Shreveport, Louisiana, um, and so there are lots of wonderful things about my family, but we uh, there are some hard things, too, just through a legacy of what they experienced in their families. Uh, a lot of anger and shame fell through that kind of was something that uh, imprinted on each one of the three boys. I'm the oldest and the shortest, unfortunately, too. Um, But uh, also, that combined with growing up in a church environment um, that was really fascinated with uh, the end times and a very uh, legalistic approach to Christianity. So I was a serious-minded child, uh, and at least it made me interested. Uh, So I actually asked my dad to help me understand what was happening at church because I wasn't really decoding everything, and when I was eight years old, uh, my dad just sat down at the kitchen table and opened the Bible with me and explained the gospel to me for the first time in a way that I could understand, uh, and I believed. Uh, so deeply, deeply grateful for my dad's role in my life and bringing me to faith, um, but the church context created a lot, of, a lot of fear, which didn't mix well with the shame that I struggled with at all, um, so have had lots of years in recovering from kind of that legalistic scare tactic, uh, keep me awake at night, fearing I committed the unpardonable sin, even though I didn't know what it was, but that's why I was afraid I may have committed it, because I didn't actually know. Um, But uh, like I said, lived mainly in Texas, went to high school in the Dallas area. Uh, I was the shy kid, uh, but going to high school, I kind of found the one thing that I could do. Every sport that I did before that, uh, the coach just says, you really should think about running, which was a commentary on my hand-eye coordination, uh, <laughs> that I could run forever, and so there was a key figure in my life that kind of mentored me in run, running, he was an Olympic marathoner, and so that was kind of what my whole identity was built on through high school and did well enough to be able to run at Baylor University in college. I was just a preferred walk-on. that wasn't scholarship athlete, but but uh, stepped into college and really started to flourish, but my identity was all about being a cross-country and track athlete, which is kind of sad because there's no glory in that sport whatsoever. <laughs> but I have no fast-twitch muscles, so uh, that that was my my sport, Uh, I got involved with an athletic campus ministry at that time, it's called Athletes in Action, it's still around, Uh, and really uh, got a taste of living out the Christian faith in the context of people that didn't know Jesus in a way that, uh, by the end of, by my junior cross country season, of the 14 guys in my freshman track recruit class uh, seven came in as believers, uh, uh, but by the time uh, we reached our junior year, uh, all the other seven guys had come to faith in Jesus. I just got never got over that. I just loved, uh, I thought I would be like a PhD in philosophy and uh, minister from a context of uh, the classroom, but discovered as much as I love books and thinking and everything, I love people even more, and so decided that I would pursue campus ministry, so did that for a good long time. Um, When I was at SMU in Dallas uh, on the campus ministry team there, there was this southern belle that came from Alabama that joined our team who had way more poise, confidence, uh, maturity than I had. She was a little bit older than I, but um, through kind of a crazy situation, we ended up dating and getting married, and uh, so... That was a great, great gift. Her, her name is Marilyn, and um, so we were, were married for 32 years. Uh, and so, kind of the the hardship in that is um, Marilyn developed an autoimmune disease uh, that happened our last year in Chattanooga, and just c- continued to have debilitating effects on her. It started with her eyes, and then decay in the uh, with her teeth in her mouth, and it started to affect her muscularly. And the last three years, it started to hit her, vascul- her vascular system and cause a series of strokes. Um, so um, she she was really reduced to something so sad uh, from what she always was. Um, if she were here, you would be way more impressed and enamored with her than with me. Um and, and for good reason, uh, but uh, the strokes ended up being so debilitating that last, last January uh, she died after a tough two-year stint. So probably in the church profile, uh, when you began your search process, it probably didn't include someone in their late 50s who's a widower, I'm <laughs> uh, thinking, um, that God has worked Uh, Despite that, and we've aligned in in some ways, Uh, we had two children. Uh, We were not able to have children biologically, and so we walked through a long, painful, horrible season of infertility. Uh, Marilyn handled it better than I did by far, uh, which is normally reversed. Uh, But then God answered our our dream to be parents through adoption. Uh, And so we adopted our son, Davis, uh, from an adoption agency in the Birmingham area. And then, when we actually lived in Texas at the time, my wife had come to faith through a high school ministry started by a guy in the Birmingham area named Wales Goble. And then, when she was in graduate school, he started a crisis pregnancy center that she worked at through graduate school called Save a Life. And then, after she left, and uh, he started an adoption agency. And so, this is just a beautiful thread in our lives that. Uh, The man that God used to start a ministry that she came to faith through, also worked with in crisis pregnancy, uh, and then ended up adopting our children through. It was pretty amazing. Um, So Davis is now 28, and he lives just two hours away, which makes living here pretty exciting because we've been nine hours apart. Uh, He's married. His wife works at Duke. Uh, in the athletic department and uh, is killing it there. Keeps getting promoted up. So we're hoping that they, especially with me coming here, they stay there a good long time uh, would be my hope. Uh, When we were in Athens, Georgia, uh, we adopted our daughter through Bethany Christian Services uh, through kind of a crazy situation. She had been previously placed, uh, so we didn't adopt her until eight months old. um, But we'd been praying for three years every day for a little girl, and God finally... Uh, gave us that beautiful, wonderful uh, answer to our prayer in so many ways. I'm right now reading through my old journals. I've always kept journals, kind of a prayer journal. Um, That doesn't make me more spiritual than anybody else. It just means I'm wired that way. Uh, But one of the big benefits of that has been I've been able to step back into uh, the beginning of our dating and marriage and early families. I'm just getting to the place where we adopted Claire Lane, our daughter. And uh, so it's helping me remember things that I maybe hadn't re- forgot that I'd forgotten, or remember things more clearly, and then how I experience. It's just a really interesting process to read things that, as I'm writing, I don't know the arc of the full story, but now I do. And so I am able to trace God's faithfulness uh, to me personally and, and, and through our story. Um, so. Uh, I've kind of fallen in love with Marilyn all over again through it and uh, the, the wonder of who she was. Um, so um, thing, things that I enjoy doing personally, I uh, really like to run still and do fitness stuff. i uh, got a workout club that I go to a lot. On Saturdays normally I always trail run. Uh, and I go slow and just enjoy uh, the c- scenery. My COVID hobby was disc golf. Uh, haven't mastered the real golf uh, by any stretch, but uh, play disc golf pretty frequently, uh, often on Sundays. It's just a chill kind of thing. Um, so moved around to more places because of ministry things than I would have originally planned in my life, but. Uh, like I said, coming straight out of college, I did campus ministry for a long time uh, with an organization that's now called Crew. It was called Campus Crusade then. It was really formative for me. Uh, but kind of, I, w- I was at um, SMU in Dallas, uh, where I also went to seminary, and then also then went to Baylor University, where I graduated from. Uh, was there for a good while, and then the really richest, most fruitful season was at the U- University of Georgia was there for eight years, and uh, had kind of really begun to drink in the philosophy of RUF, but doing it in the context of crew, which in the end didn't work so (laughs) well with crew uh, at large, but it worked unbelievably well with our students, and we were just there in a season of uh, probably the most profound spiritual awakening that I've ever walked through and experienced. Uh, We started with... 30 students in the fraternity and sorority system and just did something that was simple, relational, and centered on Jesus and not gimmicky and authentic. Uh, And that just began to draw people in from a friendship uh, through a community and through our worship gathering at 9 p.m. on Tuesday nights while I had kids. That was a hard one, Uh, but it worked for them. Nothing cool happened until about 10, so we at least pushed it to nine. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I just saw saw the most evangelistically fruitful season of of my life. Um, still finding out people that came to know Jesus, that particularly through my wife, who was an advisor in the AOP house uh, there. So the la- lasting fruit of that was way beyond uh, our our plan or our giftedness, and God's God's Spirit just just moved. Um, I was sensing, though, I wasn't fitting well in the model of crew, and those above me agreed with that, so (laughs) I had had not originally been ordained in the PCA, Um, so I'd been ordained in an evangelical free church initially, but over my journey uh, through doctoral studies and um, friendships, uh, I realized all the people that influenced me most were in the PCA, and uh, so my pastor, who was also Courtney's pastor in college, said, you know, jump in. And so I eventually did, and uh, there was a church plant or a church site that was going on in Chattanooga, Tennessee, planted by Lookout Mountain Perez. Their senior pastor, Joe Novenson, was leading this church, and it, he just gr- uh, greatly miscalculated how many people would want to come because he was there. So, like, there are 230 people in the core group uh so they quickly realized uh he can't pastor both campuses you know both sites Uh, but they were looking for a place where there was a hole in the city for a gospel-centered church Uh, and then it was growing at a point where they needed to have one someone step in who's led a large group of people uh and so they eventually much to their surprise and mine ended up calling me uh and that entered into another just really fruitful season Especially in community development, I learned how to be a parish priest uh, in the area of town that we were planted to reach. So I found ways of being involved that weren't churchy, uh, that helped me be an advocate and ally for people in the, in the North Shore of Chattanooga. So things like uh, the North Chattanooga Chamber of Commerce and public art initiatives and education uh, initiatives. There was a revitalizing school in our neighborhood. I connected to neighborhood associations, and um, so just, just uh, it, probably the the best uh, expression verbally I heard from that season was uh, from the husband, uh, who was a lawyer of his wife, who led who led the revitalizing elementary school in town. He w- he was Jewish, and he. After watching years of us kind of living for that part of the city that we were planted in, uh, we were running one day in our CrossFit group, and uh, he and I were the faster runners, so we were ahead and kind of taking it, coasting a little bit in, and he said, he says, you know, if I were a Christian, I'd come to your church. I said, really? He said, but you know I never will. I said, yeah, I kind of assumed that. But he says he said the reason why is um you're not about your church you're about the north shore of chattanooga and i've never seen a church like that and so god honored in lots of ways how we tried to be a church not just for ourselves but for the places that our people were and where our church was uh, in the city so learned a lot leading there Uh, it was a rich family season for us my wife was admissions counselor at my kids prep school that they were a part of and uh, we were involved we didn't go to the conservative uh, prep school we went to where there were hardly any christians uh, prep school but god really i found myself over time uh, having great even though i came from all the conservative stuff i found myself incarnating more naturally in the places that are less churched uh, and really found that to be the case but boy, you know, through the years there of kind of the stage of life that y'all are in with lots of kids' activities and sports teams and things like that, we saw so many families come to know Jesus that did not before and came to be a part of our church. And so it was just, we weren't even trying hard. We were just being who we were in the midst of what our kids and uh, other families were doing. And it just, it ended up being a different kind of evangelistic fruit, more of a family-based uh, approach. So I've really seen the beauty and wonder of the things our kids involved in being a part of weaving our lives together with people outside the church in a way that can be really meaningful th- to them and winsome uh, as well. I know, I know many of you have experienced that as well. Um, after eight years, I needed a leadership break. I've been a senior leader since I was 25, and um, we also had some family needs, Marilyn's mom and sister, uh, were both widowed within three weeks of each other. And uh, so there was just a lot of family need. I had other opportunities that were more exciting, but uh, became an assistant pastor. It probably would have been good for me to become an assistant pastor before being a senior pastor for reasons I won't go into first. I needed to learn the church. And, um, but, um, but, yeah, I was an assistant pastor at one of the guys in my pastors group that I've been a part of for about 15 years uh, his name is Bob Flayhart, and I would hope to introduce you to him soon. I uh, would love for him to come be a part of us uh, periodically as well. Uh, but yeah, le- learned what it was like and to process my first pastorate while not having the pressure of being the senior leader. And so just kind of put connected some dots that I really needed to connect for pastoral uh, initiative, Uh really had a heart for the city and found my connections happening there. So we attempted a cross-cultural church plant that uh, created a lot of evangelistic traction, but not church traction. So after about a three to four year run, it became clear. Another church that was a Reformed Baptist church uh, called a a black senior pastor, and that's what we always knew we needed to experience to really be a cross-cultural church. Uh, so, when that became clear, it's like, okay, most of our people threw in there, uh, and right at that time, never imagined this happening, the uh, Lord opened the door for me to step in and be the campus minister at Birmingham Southern. So, I'd been a campus minister before, single, newly married, young dad, and now <laughs> I'm like the age of their parents uh, doing campus ministry, but felt like I never left. Uh, Maybe I'm clueless But uh, I just love college students still It's just a joy They're so open about their lives And they think they're busy And they are But they're not as busy as you Uh, So they actually have lots of time to engage And they just open up their hearts to me uh, In really profound and beautiful ways I've experienced that In downtown Birmingham as well Uh, Spent a good bit of my church plant time Uh, sitting down and having really good listening, on my part, conversations with people outside the church, uh, which has helped me understand kind of our current cultural context in some really profound ways. Uh, And so my dearest friends in the downtown footprint are atheists and agnostics who, though they don't believe in the existence of God, the image of God in them is the best argument I've got for why God exists. Uh, and so, it's it's beautiful when we can engage uh, in those ways. So, it's been, been beautiful and sweet to be back in campus ministry, and that's kind of one of the big themes of my ministry giftedness and passion. I uh, love campus ministry, so it's kind of always led me to desire to be in a college town setting uh, as a pastor, and so I know Davidson is not the entire footprint of the church, but I think that could be a really good parish place for me personally uh, to be involved in, but you know, at the same time, would want to pastor all who are the, here and shepherd them in their spheres of influences that make sense for their lives also. Um, I really am gifted in uh, living and equipping people to be missional in the ways of life that they're already involved in, uh, especially faith and work is a big passion and kind of a superpower that I have and enjoy uh, helping people map out and discern the gospel storyline for their particular calling. Uh, but the thing that I've missed in doing campus ministry is I'm just really called and wired to be a Sunday morning pastor. Um, not just to preach, but to lead a congregation and practice the sacraments. I think I feel uh, the the uh, privilege of being a minister of the gospel most uh, in the middle of the sacraments and uh, so really really have missed it just doesn't feel right to to be in a sunday morning worship service and not to be a part of leading and so that that yearning as i've kind of walked through the grieving process has continued to 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 grow and that desire and so you know those three things of uh, the campus dynamic and the opportunity to partner with RUF, uh, the possibility in the Davidson footprint for me personally to have a parish where I could be parish priest uh, and engage in faith and work kind of initiatives, uh, and then to lead a congregation, which th- this is h- how your congregation has uh, stood out most to me. Uh, it's one of the most loving con- congregations I've ever experienced, and I think just about everybody here would say yes to that. Uh, but uh, Friday night and Saturday morning as we shared our stories, one of the things we talked about were heroes in our lives, Um, and a number of the elders present had other elders in the group who were heroes in their lives, and I don't know if I've ever seen a session (laughs) like that. Um, That is a beautiful, beautiful thing, that there's a brotherhood among the leadership here And it's a brotherhood that I would deeply desire to be a part of as well. So that's longer than 15 minutes, but I will conclude there. Is that okay? Good?